forget everything you know and just go blank and come to a place with me. It's called episode 2105. Good to see you all. Uh, coming up on today's show, got to be talking about activism because we always love getting wound up by that sort of stuff, don't we? Uh, environment, environmental activists targeting SUVs have deflated the tyres of an electric car. It's apparently fair game now. Um, these, uh, what, what will they be called? Because I know there's there's multiple groups, but um, this specific one is Action Against Gasoline, which is, you know, thanks to the Americanisms, uh, based in Bristol, said that his Tesla's tyres were deflated by the group when he went out to walk his dog. Um, on his windscreen, he found a leaflet saying, your gas guzzler kills, and other cars on the street were targeted by it. There's some photos here which kind of show how bad things have gotten with this whole uh, environmental activism, because it is turning into like an actual proper threatening thing now. Like, beforehand, and we are, we are talking like five, ten years ago, because um, we know things definitely haven't been relaxed in the meantime. But beforehand, it was like, yeah, we're going to stand outside a building and shout. And that was like, cool, you do your thing. We're not against, you know, trying to get people thinking about environmentalism. And obviously we all want to save the planet, I don't think there's many people out there who actively say, yeah, I'm against environmentalism. I hate the planet. How often do you see that, like, written on a poster? You don't. But more and more recently, it's become quite violent and dangerous. So a couple of years ago, starting with these huge pileups of people on the M25, uh, you know, the North Circular was just line up a literal lineup of people basically just waiting to get run over. And I was commuting into work, you know, during these times I was in Park Royal and it not only was a bit of a mute point because it's like, okay, so you're going to put yourself in like immense danger for this. I, uh, what, what exactly are you trying to prove? But it was also like, hey, you realise all this standing around on the M25 is just causing, like, an absolute crap ton of idling, right? I'm not turning my engine off because at this current moment in time, any movement that we can make, we need to make it fast. Because, God forgive, somebody come up with some crumpets and tea and you piss off the road for about five seconds to allow a decent amount of traffic through. I think we'd all want to be... You know, I think we'd all want to be moving. I think we'd all want to take advantage of that. So more and more recently, there's been attacks to basically just random people's cars. Like there's no, it's not, the, the weird thing is, it's not premeditated as such because it's not against someone in particular. It's against a group of people. And that can be very, very vague when it comes to, you know, people who drive a car. That's a very, very broad category. And as such, there is also going to be plenty of environmentalists who also drive cars. So, in a way, they're going to be attacking their own group because you can't 
generalize yourself as a group as you know we're all on the same page about this like a lot of people aren't going to be on the same page including this guy from clifton bristol who was driving a tesla because he thought he was trying because he was trying to do the right thing or so he thought he was doing the right thing he he found it kind of comical but at the same time he was like i get why it's happening i get why climate activism is happening but I'm not seeing the point of this. As many people kind of reverberate around the globe, the fuck are you guys doing? There's another group called Tire Extinguishers who once again literally just go around slashing people's tires, which, yeah, is a literal crime and and it's contempt to kill. Although people have a very relaxed attitude about it uh, here in the UK. In other countries... Not so much. In Germany, for example, you slash someone's tyres, that's full-on just contempt to kill. It is, you know, you basically saying, I'm willing to murder for uh, for what I believe in. Are you going to join me? And so, yeah, I, I think that it is really, really blowing up uh, in both the wrong directions and way too much. This whole climate activism thing because you know you go out and you slash someone's tires and maybe they drive off not knowing anything and you know then they die because they have a blowout and it forces them into a massive pile up good job you fucking murderers so they're basically saying oh we're 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 justified because we can't electrify our way out of the climate crisis. There are not enough rare earth metals to replace everyone's car, and the mining of these materials causes suffering, which is true. However, there are about a million, billion, gazillion, and ten cars on the road. What exactly is your effort trying to do? Like, it's not going to take cars off the road in its entirety a more reasonable thing to do if you want to be all activist over this shit is try and perpetuate better ways of thinking when it comes to maybe buying new cars. Maybe buy it pre-owned instead. So you're using things that have already been made. They already exist, you know? It's something that we've talked about on the show before, that Teslas themselves are actually quite dangerous because, yeah, rare earth metals, and you're basically just moving the majority of carbon footprint, whatever you want to call it, carbon build-up, onto the manufacturing stage because it takes a shit ton of heating things up and electricity and processing materials to make a Tesla in comparison to a regular petrol car, which I think it was a ridiculous number, like it's nearly 200 times more deadly processes, 200 times more added to the carbon footprint. So, yeah. All I'm going to say at this point is, as as per usual, I'm proven wrong about the whole activism thing, it truly seems that it's kind of just 
an excuse to be violent and to get away with murder scot-free. And so I'm kind of waiting for somebody to do something good with it. That'd be nice to see, right? Maybe, maybe, maybe we could be activists about something that, you know, doesn't cause people to die or doesn't cause insane grief to people who are already probably suffering. Oh, I don't know. I, I, I really hope that wouldn't be too hard for people to get on board with. Anyway, that's my rant over for now. We'll be right back on the Callum Sutton Show. Lost frequencies. Head down right here on the Callum Sutton Show. Hope you're doing well. This wonderful, uh, what what is today? Tuesday? I don't know. My computer no longer tells me what the day is for some reason. Monday. It's a wonderful Monday evening, clearly. It would only be a Monday evening that I'd completely forget the date and what room I'm in and what episode number this is. Um, yeah, moving on to the other side of the globe. An angry mum has taken her daughter to court after she broke her bed doing what? Oh, I'll give you a couple of seconds to mill through uh, a couple of couple of answers for that one. I think you already know the tone of this show, and I think you know where this is already going. A furious mum who discovered her daughter had broken her bed having sex is demanding she pays her £1,600 for a new one. Uh, A, expensive bed, don't you think? Come on, the rest of us are just sleeping on little cardboard boxes that we kind of scuffled together in in a way that is both back-supporting and doesn't crush under our own weight. And I think you'll find that it's a... It's a very responsible thing to do for the climate um, because it means that rare earth metals aren't used creating new beds. Um, this is this is this is like new altogether. Um, mainly because she took her on a TV show to hash things out. Maybe you would kind of just keep that in the family. I mean, that's, I guess in some ways she definitely was keeping it in the family. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it's not really the reputation that you want to have, is it? You know, I'm in my mum's bed. Uh, maybe not. Maybe, maybe maybe, stay away from that sort of stuff. You know, I wouldn't be able to perform myself, I don't think, knowing that that was where my mother slept. And also, it's just kind of, you know, disrespectful. But hey, moving on. Nicole has been at Lodgerheads with daughter Rhiannon ever since her night of intense passion which saw her and an unnamed lover snap the bed frame and several wooden slats. Rhiannon claims she cannot afford to pay her mum for the replacement, but Nicole, the mum, has branded her excuse as bullshit. Such as the bubbling tension and bad blood between them, the pair can barely speak two words to each other, except for when they go on a TV show to do it in front of the whole world. To settle the matter once and for all, Nicole dragged Rhiannon on an Australian TV court show called Trial by Kyle, similar to Judge Rinder in the UK. That is actually a good name for a Judge TV show. Trial by Kyle. Um, yeah, clearly clearly, uh, they're, they're having so much trouble speaking through their issues that they really wanted to invite the public in. Uh, maybe they could take a little you know chair kind of just set it offset from the bed 
ever so slightly. I have noticed that having stayed in multiple hotels in the past year, past two years, um, because, you know, I'm basically a globetrotter at this point, and it, it's been an exciting lifestyle. It turns out you hope to do it, and then it becomes very exhausting very quickly. Um, but we'll we'll talk about that on another show. The thing that I have noticed, though, is staying in all these different hotels, um, there is always a bed... Uh, there is there's always a chair, even, facing the bed at an obscure angle. And it looks like the exact kind of chair that a cuck would sit in. And it's just there by default. Like, n- nobody, I don't think anybody really asked for that specific placement. Like, if it was, if it was a little sofa, kind of like offset from the bed, maybe... Looking out the window, yeah, that would be pretty normal room design. It's just very specifically the cuck chair that in every single hotel is in the corner, in the shadows, and faces directly at the bed. And I've sat in that cuck chair a few times, luckily in my own room. <laughs> and I stand up after about five minutes because it's like, there's, there's nothing comfortable about that placement, like looking into the room. Nobody wants to do that. You've you've only got two kind of neutrals, which is how I'm sitting right now, which is facing a wall, effectively, like how most people have their desk set up, um, or being in the middle of a room, or on the outer edges of a room, looking towards a focal point that isn't the other side of the room. But, you know, it could be the TV, could be the other sofas, you know, that just makes sense to have them kind of all facing each other. Nah, in hotels, it's it's the cuck chair. There's, there's not really any other purpose for that chair being there other than for cucking. Um, so, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm glad I took this opportunity to kind of get that off my chest because, as you can tell, I've clearly been thinking about it quite a lot. It's not something that I'm going to get therapy for or anything, but... It is definitely something that I kind of just want you to sit with for a couple of minutes and just try and try and come up with a reasonable excuse. Like, if I was a hotel manager, um, what would I what would I respond if somebody started questioning me on that? Be very interesting. Be very interested to know what other people can come up with in relation to that. Anyway, it's the second show, so we might as well get a bit of wookie wookie in here while we're at it, right? What it is, Dochi featuring Kodak Black, DJ Bizon, same cut, and mm-mm-mm, Caesar Castillo and D Swervo. Welcome back to the show. Alright, let's get back round to uh to gaming talk, of course, a teenager from Oklahoma appears to have become the first person to beat Tetris. Uh, Willie Gibson posted a video on YouTube which shows the moment when the classic video game crashed as he reached level 157. Uh, the guy's 13 years old, and he's beat a game that basically nobody has ever beat before, like, in real life. People have done it with... Uh, emulators kind of like breaking down steps and then getting the computer to do everything for them 
this guy's done it on video in real life. Can you imagine, like, the level of responsibility that kind of comes to you after that? Like, I, w- I would feel an immense sense of... Well, I think the first thing I'd probably think is, ah, oh, shit. <laughs> How am I ever going to chase this one up? It took the teenager, who goes by the name Blue Scatty on YouTube, just 38 minutes to cause the entire game to crash. That's how that's how good he was playing. Now, if I can just adapt my playstyle uh, with the ladies, maybe I'd have them crashing in 38 minutes. I don't know what that means. I'm very innocent. It does remind me, though, of um, Todd Rogers. That, that was that was kind of the opposite of this story. So he beat Activision's Dragster. I'm, I'm going to do this story mostly from memory, so you, you might need to bear with me on some parts of this. I believe it was 5.51 seconds. He literally, like, went through an entire lap on Dragster, which, as you can imagine, is a game about being a dragster. Um, they were very progressive in the 80s. <laughs> uh, it was drag cars and stuff like that. He managed to beat the entire thing in 5.51 seconds and got in the Guinness World Book of Records for it. I've got the information here. On September 1st, 1982... Now, you've got to remember that this is before widespread information everywhere. This is before you could film yourself and upload it to YouTube. They didn't have YouTube in the 80s, I'm told. They were progressive, but they weren't that progressive. If you ask me, it's just a bit prudish. So he, he went to Activision and basically gave them no proof at all. He just gave them basically a letter saying, I, Todd Rogers managed to be Activision's dragster in 5.51 seconds and Activision agrees. That's what he said. That's what he said to them. Like, hey, Activision agrees. He'd never spoken to Activision ever before. He just made shit up. Which, back in the day, seemingly was very easy to do. You know? A lot of things were very easy to do back then before the widespread availability of information. It was a much simpler time. And so they went ahead and gave him his record, put him in a book, all of that sort of stuff. Obviously, you know, there was there, there was people everywhere screaming his name, maybe at his shows, maybe in bed. Who knows? I, I can't... I can't... Uh, I can't be sure about anything. However, I assume at the time there was more than enough praise to go around for Todd Rogers that he could probably give some to his his older brother, Bob Rogers. And so he got his record, and that was all great. And then it wasn't until 35 years later that this company, Twin Galaxies, came around and looked through the code of the game. God knows how it took 35 years, because gaming is where hackers live. Like... If it's a game, it's been hacked. It's as simple as that. If it's a game, people have tried to find the code or get into it or exploit it or do this or do that. So how it took 35 years for them to find this information uh, is quite amazing. They found out that through looking 
through the code and doing a few calculations, that 5.51 was actually impossible. Not just for a human, but literally impossible for the game to spit out. Like The game couldn't actually even say that somebody had won in 5.1 seconds because the code in the game and the way the game was clocked meant that the actual game couldn't even run that fast. And so naturally he was, you know, stripped of his condemnations. Um, He went to the White House and they took away his medals. He went to Disney and they took away his flushed away DVD, Golden Edition, and that was kind of the end of it. But 35 years, he lived this kind of lavish lifestyle. Bugatti's, you know, Slovakis, lobster on toast. Because he basically just went to Guinness and lied about everything he had done. I think he did several more of them, but Dragster's the one that actually caught him out. Although on his Twitter, he still proclaims that he is, you know, this amazing award-winning gamer which obviously we now know is complete bullshit. But hey, if you can try and wear the title for as long as possible, I, I guess you go ahead and do it, right? I mean, he's he's not letting anyone steal his thunder, as it were. He's kind of just saying, you know what? I'm Todd Rogers, and as far as you're aware, sister, I am the most amazing gamer to ever exist. So you can just fuck off with your accusations. <laughs> Fantagram on that one. Alright, let's get to uh, tech news. And today we're talking about kind of like the the re-emergence of the transparent era. It's making a comeback. You think you know I think you know what I'm talking about. We're talking about like transparent uh, device cases. Like the original crystalline Xbox. Well, what happens to stuff like this? When did technology get boring? When did every single screen become black? When did every single phone become black? <laughs> Why is everything black? I can't see anything anymore. I think that there was definitely uh, a golden era for this sort of stuff. All of these kind of like pearl green, sapphire blues, all of these sort of stuff. The amount of colours that the Game Boy... Uh, Advance SP came out in was crazy. You had fire orange, you had clementine orange, you had orange orange, fucking talking orange, like every single colour you could possibly think of. And now it is time for what can only be called a renaissance, potentially. We've seen it a lot with like power banks recently. I don't know why power banks seem to be something that every single company wants to target as a fashion statement, but we've definitely seen a lot of like see-through power banks, power banks with all these different screens, but mostly mostly the former being able to actually see the active circuitry inside. LG has decided to go for vacuum tube audio which it's it's been a while since anybody did that. It's it's actually part of what this show does. Um, the audio you're listening to right now goes through a set of vacuum tubes for that 
very warm and very close, almost sensual relationship that we have. By the way, your beard's looking great. Um, yeah, they've decided for they want to do it for an OLED display, of all things. It's called the Jukebox. Not J-U-K-E, D-U-K-E. Dukebox is a modern take on the Jukebox from the company's experimental LG Labs division. It combines front-firing speakers on the bottom and a 360-degree speaker on top with vacuum tube audio behind a transparent OLED panel that can display things like track information, album art, or a fireplace. Which is brilliant, because it clearly shows that they have a sense of humility having a fire next to vacuum tubes. In in other places, D-Brand is doing x-ray skins, which they've done before. Um, a lot of their... I think it used to be called Teardown. So... Literally, it's just like the insides of your device, as if you didn't have a, the back of your device on printed onto a vinyl skin, so that you can safely have the naked phone look. I had it literally for a while, a couple of years ago, my old Samsung S8, because I took the back glass off and then didn't bother putting it back on. It was a very painful phone to use, because I just constantly kept brushing like the components inside with my hand, as an electronic engineer, I was kind of like, this is fine, this is safe, all of that. I'm not going to get shocked or anything. But the Qi wireless charging module on the back is quite sharp if it doesn't have a cover over it, which was potentially another thing I might have taken off. So that's kind of my fault. Valve as well, we were talking about their Steam Deck yesterday. They're going to be bringing out a transparent version or smoky transparent version which i'm guessing is you know technically translucent for about 649 dollars asus doing the same thing with the rog ally which is kind of their version of the steam deck I, like i said yesterday i'm not clued up anymore but i assume it's good i i assume it's very wonderful you know maybe make the floor a little bit wet times they're going to be doing a transparent back version of theirs with a little LED inside, a little LED display, so you can see things through the back of your device that you usually use with the front facing you. It, it, whatever, it works, you know. It, it's it's an it's an aesthetics thing. So yeah, Flipper Zero also getting a transparent case version. Just lots of different devices. The Ray-Ban Metasmart glasses. Transparent. All sorts of things. Lamborghini-inspired Dry Studio Black Diamond 75 gaming keyboard. Wow, do I hate that name. <laughs> they just couldn't make it simple, could they? So lots of lots of different devices getting retro upfits. But I'm seeing a bit of a bias here towards transparency which transparency is good, especially in a relationship. But it seems like they're going a bit too hard on just making everything transparent. Maybe it would be nice to see some other some other things, you know? Once again, the emerald green transparent cases. 
maybe a bit of like what Xbox did with their crystallines, because it didn't look like, you know, just a see-through Xbox. The point of it was it showed off this intense metal work on the inside. Rather than showing the circuit boards and stuff, they actually obscured some of it. And it looked like this shiny little rough diamond. You know? That was kind of cool. Apple, back before they became mostly evil, they they used to do lots of different things with... Uh, white plastic was a huge thing for them for a very long time. And they loved the whole... What's it called? Lamp. The angle poise lamp. You know, they made the iMac G4 a literal angle poise lamp design. The monitor was on this angle poise lamp arm thing. (laughs) And it was brilliant. I had one of those. I still have it somewhere in the basement. And so, yeah. I, I wish they went for a few more of those, like, unique concepts. I, I'm currently loving the Raspberry Pi because they do just like what I can only describe as a strawberries and cream case for every single one of their devices. I've gone black this time, but only because I've put some LEDs on the inside because I'm a bit of a bit of a modder, bit of a hacker. And so I've gone for what I can only describe as gaming Raspberry Pi with blue LEDs. But my other Pi, my Pi 4 is a red and white, it literally looks like a throat lozenge, you know? Let's make more of that sort of stuff. It's it's unique, for sure. That's what we want to see. That's what is going to make the technology industry go through another revolution. Let's Let's stop trying to just, you know polish what's already polished let's get interesting again let's make a bunch of shit let's be weird that's what I like doing every single one of my designs is off the wall in every single way we'll be right back on the Callum Sun show surfaces and Sunday best right here on the Callum Sun show yeah I am sorry if you've been hit by the problems with Licensing. I've had to geo-restrict the show to certain countries because, I mean, mean, the same thing happened, like, what was it, four years ago, back when I was doing the show with Yusuf. Um, I I very often had to block the show from certain territories because licensing is just a pain in the arse. And it would be easy. It should be easy. Because most of the shows go onto Mixcloud, but now they've gone and put a two-track limit on everyone. I mean, you can pay to get rid of that, but I'm not paying for it because ultimately it's us, the creators, who bring traffic to Mixcloud. So, you know, wasn't too happy to see that that was happening. There is still a stream on Mixcloud of the latest shows, which is how most people are listening to the show right now, not direct through the website, but on Mixcloud, the Callum Sutton Show, mixcloud.com forward slash Sutton Show. And obviously, I I see a lot of my regular listeners being naughty little sausages and <laughs> logging on to the direct show with a VPN. I noticed this the other day because I was going through the actual listener logons because they're in front of me. I do see what's happening. I see basically there's 
in the top right hand of my screen, there's a terminal open, which has a log of people going in and out of the stream, and it shows me the IP address and the approximate location. And that's just because having that there and seeing people tick in and out tells me that the stream is still valid, but it's still working. Because if you all suddenly just drop off at the same time, that tells me that either my side has gone horribly wrong or the server's gone horribly wrong. If that server goes horribly wrong, the terminal itself will just shut down because it will no longer have connection. So I was sitting here and I was watching it. I was like, there's a lot of listeners coming from the same IP address simultaneously. And so I looked it up and it was like, yeah, that's NordVPN. That's one, that's one of the VPNs on Nord. Which, for some reason, if you're listening in, for example, the US, where we're landlocked at the moment, where a large majority of my audience is, for some reason, when you first open up a Nord session in the UK, it all defaults to the same server. Because I think they just have like a bunch of smaller ones and then like one really large one that handles the majority of their volume for people logging in in the UK. And so I just saw this IP address, this very familiar IP address, just kind of sitting there teasing me. And I was like, ah, okay, that, that's where everyone's logged on from. Uh, if you don't know why people log in through a VPN to the show, uh, Listening Direct does have its benefits. Better audio quality compared to Mixcloud. This show is done in surround sound and is published in FLAC, nearly completely uncompressed. So listening direct through the website means that you can either listen to that or you can listen to an ultra high quality MP3 version of the show, which for the most part is just much nicer on people's ears. And if you're listening in the car, for example, and the audio sounds boomy, that's because Mixcloud's compression for some reason has this really big effect on the lower end of the audio. It really emphasizes it. And so instead of my Dorset silky tones coming to whisper in your ear, it sounds like I'm banging on your door. <laughs> Every single syllable I, I make sounds like I am forcibly banging on a door. So thanks, Mixcloud, for all of that sort of stuff. Thanks for making us sound like that. So yeah, as I was saying, sorting through things, it happens every now and then when licensing laws update that we need to go ahead and update ourselves, and sometimes that can take some time. But I'm looking forward to welcoming everyone back onto the website from every single territory. Because, for example, mail time, the US really does bring some things to the show. Um, I mean, Kelly, back in the day, used to bring up some of the best like arguments that the show had ever seen. And same with James yesterday. That was a direct mail-in because of the geo-block that's happening at the moment. He went ahead and emailed Callum at SuttonShow.net, which is probably the best place to go if you want to mail in for tomorrow's mailbag. I want something silly this time. I feel like yesterday's topic was quite quite uh, serious, as it were. I don't love doing super serious stuff. If I can, I prefer to do something stupid. You've heard the show. You know exactly what it's like. It's just 
a tirade of stupidity, and that is exactly the way it's supposed to be. And that's the way we're going to try and keep it for the rest of the season. You remember in, a, what was it, 2018? I think it was 20, 2017, 2018, when this show kind of turned into a counselling show. <laughs> I had fun. It was fun kind of like researching all of that mental health stuff and... For a while, I felt like quite a serious person, but then a lot of people were saying, where's the old show gone? Where's the comedy? Where's that stupid little kid who, for the last 12 years, has been talking absolute crap? Sarah Diamonds and Patterns. Sarah Diamond and Patterns closing up today's show. And I shall see you tomorrow. Uh, things coming up. A little bit of Malsack action. As already stated, your usual tech news and a bunch of odd news tomorrow. I want to go as far into the rabbit hole as humanly possible. So until then, this has been the Callum Sun Show for Monday, the 8th of January, 2024, episode 2105. As per usual, you beautiful bastards, thank you so much for listening. It really does mean a lot. And I shall see you on tomorrow's episode. Bye.